Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as He makes all things new. We are excited to pursue His heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Jesus during this time that was extremely painful for him. That he was going to a place where he knew he was going to be rejected. He knew that he was going to experience not the joy of celebration, but he was going to experience the pain of rejection. And I called this message prophetic, courageous lament. I don't think those three words have ever been put together, but I'm putting them together now. Maybe you know what one of those words means. Maybe you know what two of them, but all three of them put together. It could be an interesting combination. But this is what I believe God is calling us to in the time that we live in. That we would be a prophetic people who courageously lament the state of our world. Now, those who think Lamentations is a boring chapter to read in the Bible or a boring book to read, it is one that is written by Jeremiah about a sorrowful cry out to the Lord for justice. And prophetically as people, when we are courageous and speak about the state of the world that we are in, we begin to set up the time for God to visit us. He loves to visit us where we are. And no greater model for this than Jesus. Our scripture this week comes from Luke 13, 31 through 35. And in the beginning of chapter 13 in Luke, Jesus is in Judea and he is healing on the Sabbath. He is talking about fig trees. He is explaining all these uh, myriad of mysteries to the Pharisees, yet they are testing him. They are asking him questions, attempting to get him stumped. And Jesus knows exactly what they're doing. And then in uh, verse 31 it says, On that day some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart for him, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, go tell that fox, (laughs) behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets, and stone those who were sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. But you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. And assuredly, I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a lament. Jesus is saying, O Jerusalem, turn, turn, repent from your ways. Understand that I am coming with this message. And in this way, Jesus stands in the line of great prophets who always have two main messages. Turn to God, repent, remember the poor. These are the the thrust of the two messages that are prophetic. Any person who is prophetic or any people who are prophetic must have these messages at the center of their ministry. It must be repent and turn to the Lord and remember the poor. And that's what Jesus did. He created this message that went out, that he preached. My question for you is, what message is burning in you? 
that God creates these missions, these dreams, these messages, and he wraps people around them. So what is that thing that is burning in your heart that you are reluctant and reticent to speak out? Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're saying, I don't have a message. See, look, I answered your question. I don't have a message. But then I say to you, if you've ever had a mess, then you have a message. Come on, come on. If you ever had a test, then you have a testimony. If you ever have been in pain, then you have a painting. There is something inside of you that is this collective amount of embers that build to this life and that exists in you. This is your message. Now, very often, even if we can articulate that, how often do we communicate that to people who desperately need to hear it? We live in a world now where we are reluctant to share what God has done for us. Why? You know, they could be Buddhist. They could be some some other relationship. They may not be easy with Jesus. I can't really share this message as freely as I would desire. And yet this message burns in us because we are a prophetic people. This is who God has made us to be. We speak what God has spoken to us. We speak what God has done through us. And you know what that does? It makes it happen again. Because there's nothing that God does that does not multiply and create and go on and on. He says, let there be light. And there's light every day now. He says, let there be animals and fish and trees. And it just goes on and it creates and creates and creates. The hard part is, is Jesus, even as a prophet in Jerusalem, he has to embody the message that he has. He cannot be theoretical with it. He cannot be intellectual with it. He literally has to say, repent, for I will be the one that am pain as the priest who would go into the Holy of Holies and offer sacrifices to provide restitution for the sins for the year. Jesus said, I'm the actual sacrifice. We embody the message that God has given us. When we lock up our testimony, our message inside of us, it creates an unseen pain of not walking in our destiny. And all it means is just to share what God has done for you. That will not offend anyone. Because that is where love comes from. What will offend people if I'm just trying to beat them over the head with one certain scripture? If I'm sharing what God has done for me, that multiplies as soon as I speak it out of my mouth. That is the message. Something about that keeps us from pushing all of our chips to the middle of the table and saying, this moment, God touched me. We go through things and we say, I don't, you know, it was a a book that I read, it was something else that really helped me, I don't know. It begins to be removed from the context of, no, it was this moment that God changed everything for me. This is the message that he's given us. And why are we so fearful? Because 
there's one thing that you can guarantee that Jesus explained in Luke chapter 11. These are three moments where he's lamenting, where he's crying out even, is that the messenger will be rejected. That's a painful truth. It's hard to be canceled. It's hard to even flirt with that idea of putting yourself out there and then being rejected again. But I promise you, there is no rejection for those who are in love. Because Jesus has already won it all. If I'm not rejected, it's Jesus. If I am rejected, it's Jesus. He's not having a bad day because somebody doesn't want to listen to a testimony. The love that he rests in is permanent. Jesus begins chapter 11 with the Lord's Prayer, teaching the disciples how to pray. Forgive us our debts. As we forget those that are in debt to us. Forgiveness. Just as the same in chapter thir- the beginning of chapter 13, it is in chapter 11. They start with repentance. And Jesus says, Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve to the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their tombs. Right? This is what we do to a pro- for a prophetic message. So it makes everybody take a step back and go, oof, I see this pattern. I see what happened to people. I know what happened to Martin Luther King. I know what happened to everyone with a truly prophetic message. They are rejected. Nay, they are killed. 30, 40 years, we'll get it and say, oh, okay, we were wrong. Let's honor and celebrate them. But truly, this is a pattern that man has not figured out how not to do. This is The Messenger. This is one of my favorite movies. Messenger, the story of Joan of Arc came out in 1999. This is Mila Jovovich. It got some heavy hitters in that movie. It's Mila Jovovich, it's Faye Dunaway, Dustin Hoffman, and John Malkovich. Like, it's a ridiculous movie about a great story of Joan of Arc, who was this poor peasant girl who believed that God had given her visions to see France repel the advance of the English army. She was celebrated as long as she was winning. When that winning seemed to be a little shaky, then she was betrayed and given over to the English at which she was burnt by the stake May 30th, 1431. 500 years later, She's canonized by the same Catholic Church that allowed her to be burned by, at the stake. She's got some dope lines in this movie, but one of them is, I am the drum on which God is beating out his message. He is beating it so hard, it is bursting my ears. Now imagine being given over and that focused about something that God has put in your heart. Imagine that. What that would invite into your life. The rejection that would surely come on the heels of it because no one can be that sure about anything. 
we are all encouraged to be confused about who the one true king is and the way to God. I'm sorry, there is one way to God. That is through Jesus. As much as I would like to say, you know, we got some other options out here that you can follow, and you know what I'm saying? You may find some tranquility, you may find um, some, some joy and some love and all that. You know, it's only going to last for a minute. There is only one way, that is Jesus, and we are his messengers to deliver that message to the world that we would be focused and committed and not holding back the times that we know we should be sharing what God has done for us. And I say sometimes that we will offer every manner of remedy but Jesus. You know, maybe you should work out more. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, what are you eating? How's this going? Uh, There's something old school about, you know, Jesus is the answer for everything. We're so smart, you know what I'm saying? We're just smart. We think it's more than that. It's very simple. I remember I was in a service one time, and I was praying with this guy who um, was just having all these obstacles come up in his life. And I, said, I just prayed, I asked God, like, what's going on? He said, and I said, it feels like God has asked you something and you have not answered him. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's asked me to minister. And I told him that I'm not going to minister until every person I pray for gets delivered, every person I pray for gets healed, and every person I pray for gets saved. I'm like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> because that demands no focus or commitment. It demands nothing from us if we are, have a 100% success rate in every single thing that we do in life that we are called to exit our comfort zone. There is no fruit inside of your comfort zone. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. When you get to the end of yourself is when you find the abundance of the kingdom waiting. This is what Jesus was always trying to get his disciples to do. To remember to turn, to repent. Jesus tells a parable of the fig tree and then he curses the fig tree. Why? Because there's no fruit in it. And it looks like it's sexy on the outside. You know what I'm saying? It's got a, it's got a smoke machine. It's got plenty of parking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are these messengers and finally in Luke 19 um, which next week we'll talk about Jesus going into Jerusalem the traditional Palm Sunday message one week before Palm Sunday because there's no church on Palm Sunday if I didn't say that before um and in this context, it's really interesting. You wouldn't believe what was happening around this. So, talk about a day of ups and downs. Jesus had just entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. Everybody's having a party. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, here he comes. Jesus. 
And then verse 41 in chapter 19, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Immediately after this verse, Jesus goes in the temple and flips over the tables, right? People like to talk about how anger is okay because of that. But that anger came from a lament. He wept over the city. This week, God spoke to me. He said, who is going to stand in behalf of this city in repentance? We can all complain about the things that are wrong and the things that are going bad. Who will stand and proxy and repent for the sins of this city? Who will weep over Chicago? As I get older, I'm finding it's easier to weep. You know what I'm saying? Like... You just put on a good slideshow with some music, and I'm like, <laughs> don't let it be like some pictures of the kids, man. Y'all just like, <laughs> time is so fleeting. <laughs> Weeping over the city, have we focused our desire, our message for God to come in that way? We can all say revival, abundance, abundance is coming. Revival doesn't happen without repentance. Without us bearing this burden of repentance for even this great city. We are convinced that the things that make us a success before man is what is really important. So the last thing I'm going to mention is... um, There's a story in Acts 10, and it is of Cornelius, who was the first, a part of the first Gentiles to become believers. And an angel visits him and says, your prayers and alms to the poor have come up and created a memorial before the Lord. What that means is that his prayers and his generosity has made stuff in heaven. That is bananas, right? We build on this earth, we purchase things, we hold things, don't store things where moth and rust doth destroy. Store your treasures up in heaven. What are those treasures? Generosity. Those treasures are prayers. Those treasures are even what we give to other people. I cannot consider myself generous inside of my comfort zone. Does that make sense? Like, I can't brag about being generous because I take care of my family. You know what I'm saying? That's not generosity. That's like responsibility. That's what I'm supposed to do. Like, generosity happens outside of the zone that I'm comfortable, comfortable with and even what the world says I have responsibility to. That's where it starts, and that's when you start building treasure in heaven. Not that God is not going to ask me what I did with my family. I'm going to say, Father, I, just like Jesus, I tried to lead those that you have given me. 
But when we are generous with our message to others, when we are generous with our resources to each other, we are building outside of this comfort zone the very kingdom of heaven. And I imagine some people are going to go to heaven and be surprised at this. I don't know what this is. It's a picture of a mountain, right? So some people will leave mansions on earth and go to heaven and see a molehill. That's crazy. Because not only did we not share our lives with each other, we didn't share this beautiful space outside of our comfort zone. We didn't explore that very much. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is that it's always expanding. It's not like, all right, let's come back and be comfortable again. We are, we are in the branch, right? Branch, you're out on the limb. That means every step for us that we are building something. Let it be a memorial to the goodness of God. For every soul there's a party in heaven, imagine a party that comes from you sharing your heart and your message with somebody that God has given you. What has God done for you? It's a beautiful symbiotic dance with Jesus. You guys want to stand up? Today, Father, I just want to thank you for all that you've done and all you continue to do, God. I pray that we would be those who build mountains, not on earth, but in heaven. Help us to stand outside of our comfort zone, Jesus, and share the gospel with someone, Father. The gospel, which is the good news of what you've done for us in our heart. Help us to connect with that joy once again so that we can present it to others. It can be fresh and new. As we cry out to you in repentance, Lord God, let your love flow again in this city. Let us be given over to telling of the good news that you've done for us, Father. And we are thankful and joyful for all that you do and all you continue to do, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.